Tell me more about the NHL trade deadline. Yeah, so it's NHL trade deadline day. And uh, yeah, like in, in the past, it's kind of been like, usually it's like hyped up to be like this big thing. And they're like, this player is going to move, this player is going to move, this player, this player, this player. And then it ends up being just like these marginal, like shitty players that are like free agents at the end of the year that just end up moving and changing teams. And it's like, maybe you'll get like one big trade, but it's never like, like you don't win the cup really on trade deadline, I wouldn't say. Sure. Yeah. Like it'd be like if like transfer deadline day was like super hyped up and the biggest name to switch teams was like James Milner. And you're like, all right. Whoa, James that's Milner? A big guy. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, man. James Milner's fucking awesome. <laughs> Open wide for some soccer. Oh, so. On the wing, he's brilliant. <laughs> Newcastle wasn't going to sell for fifty million. Yeah, <laughs> Jamie okay, okay, maybe, maybe that was a bad example. Uh, James Tompkins. You know, no, I mean, I mean, like James Milner wouldn't be blockbuster. Be, yeah, it would be bigger than James Tompkins. <laughs> yeah, it's like someone's giving up like a first round draft pick for James Milner. But like also NHL GMs, like hope you, you brought up the NBA. Like NHL GMs aren't that creative. So in the NBA you'll have like five team trades with like this person going here and fucking Brandon Knight going to the Bucks for some reason. And then like you'll you'll read reading Woj's tweets like like what the fuck happened? And like going through it. But in the NHL, it's just like, yeah, this player for like a first round pick and that's it. It's like the most complex thing they have is like you can retain salary because they have a salary cap. So you can like take like you can like take like 25 percent of a team of a guy's salary and the other team keeps it or something like that. Uh, I'm going to bring you guys up to speed on the biggest deals of the day. Mm -hmm, I was thinking mm -hmm. about this in the car. And I just want to see your reactions to the, the biggest trade of the trades of the day so far. So Nick, if I can just like jump in for one second, yeah. My reaction to the the smallest hockey trades of the day are going to be <laughs> the almost <laughs> the exact same as the biggest. Like I don't I know. know, I don't know these guys. Yeah, I'm gonna try and compare. Give me a short <laughs> description of the NHL team, and I'm gonna think of what Premier League analog they have. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. So, uh, the most recent one that just happened, just coming down the pipe. Breaking news, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have received Matthias Janmark and a fifth-round draft pick for a second-round pick and a third-round pick from the Blackhawks. Uh, big trade. Uh, your guys' analysis on, uh, on the deal? Matthias Janmark sounds like, like, a, like a big, like six-foot-four Swedish keeper. He is UC Yaskalainen of the NHL. <laughs> so I assume he plays for Bolton Wanderers as well. <laughs> no, no offense. But just before we get any any mail, uh, you know, any hate mail or, or Twitter call outs, uh, UC Yaskalainen was from Finland. Fuck. <laughs> so. Not Vinland. But Not Finland. Vinland. Finland. It's so funny. Fuck, I think. Now I'm like, was he? He he definitely was. He was not Swedish. Yaskalainen. I'm okay. pretty sure he's not from New Brunswick, so maybe Vinland is <laughs> ruled out. Okay, so so uh and hope you said you wanted to uh uh the the comparable the primarily comparable for these two teams. So Vegas was an expansion team from like three years ago, 
and they made it to the cup final the for their first year in the league and they've been amazing ever since and the blackhawks who are the other team in this deal uh were a dynasty like 10 years ago now and then they've been kind of shitty ever since so so the blackhawks are you manchester united <laughs> No, we weren't. We weren't that good. We were never a dynasty. The black. Oh, I said Manchester. United. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. When did Conlon get like, here? Oh, thank you. Where's Conlon? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, I could see the black and the Blackhawks were like a founding member of the NHL. So, were Manchester United part of the original Premier League? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. That's a good comp. Vegas, I'd probably say, is like maybe Leicester. I mean, expansions just never happen in football and, and exactly. soccer anyways. So, I mean, it's got to be like a promotional comparison more so exactly. than like an expansion. A, a team that like came from nowhere and was suddenly amazing. Another big deal. Uh, this happened last night, actually. This happened last night. The Boston Bruins received Taylor Hall and another guy who doesn't matter for a guy named Anders Bjork and a second round pick. And they went to the Buffalo Sabres. So the Buffalo Sabres are the laughing stock of the league. They are this year's Sheffield United, whereas Boston Bruins are like always good. Like they're always up there. They've won a couple cups recently. They're a founding member of the league as well, like the Blackhawks. Oh no, are the Bruins oh. Chelsea? Ooh, the Bruins might be Chelsea actually. Do they do they make uh, record deals that regularly don't work out? <laughs> do they have a striker well, uh, that can't fucking convert i mean this year they've have had they a turned lot of three scoring. right wingers into false nines <laughs> is tammy abraham getting onto the ice <laughs> the thing with the bruins is that they have like two guys who are just mvps hmm. and then uh and then just they surround them with like good talent all the time and they have always have a good team sounds like mason mount situation perfectly yeah perfectly <laughs> I'd say the Bruins are maybe like, I would say City, but I don't know if that's if that's a comp, real comp. The Lightning, Tampa Bay is City for sure, because Tampa Bay is like far far and away the best. How how are the Atlanta Thrashers doing? They're doing great. Okay, good. Uh, they're doing so great that they don't exist. Um, Interesting. Interesting yeah. definition of doing great. Yeah, they they relocated about ten years ago, maybe. Okay, nice. Maybe nice. a little less. They relocated to where? Winnipeg. Oh, Vegas. Oh, oh, <laughs> I forgot Winnipeg has a team. Okay. I <laughs> yeah, know I it's mean, just the NHL, but imagine being like an up and coming hockey player, and you're just like, oh man, I can't wait to get my start career kickstarted, and you go to fucking Winnipeg. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. and it's also like it's difficult to get there because I don't know if you guys know this, but Winnipeg doesn't have an airport. So, oh, yeah, you really gotta you gotta fly into North Dakota and then you gotta uh, hop in a car and dr- make the nine hour drive up. No, very- no, that can't be true. Yeah, it's very difficult, man. It's definitely got an airport. It's a very logistically challenging place. I'm gonna Google Winnipeg airport. It's got an airport. <laughs> A few times I've gone into Manitoba, we actually flew to Thunder Bay and then took a car over from Thunder Bay, but we weren't going to Winnipeg. You're Winnipeg going to like for... Churchill or something? Fuck, fine. I was a child. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it was for like a um, for like a school school program at 
programmed religious program or something like that. Wait, what? You went to Winnipeg? You went to Manitoba for a religious school program? Yeah, we were like, we we're like very poor representatives as like child missionaries or something <laughs> like that. Oh, it was like in the tenth grade or something, and what? it was like the, it was the best way in the tenth grade, like super early, the best way you could get your volunteer hours done immediately. Yo, because that's you'd a go, sick. You'd be gone for a week, and we had to do forty hours of volunteer. Wow! Uh, so then you were Jeez. done for, and you didn't have to do school, and you just had to say. You know, praise Gabriel Jesus over and over again. <laughs> Here I am, like flooding a rink to get my volunteer hours. <laughs> and then you're a fucking missionary over in like airportless Manitoba. Welcome to Soccer Group Chat. Uh, I want to start by apologizing to the people of Finland for taking away the legendary UC Askalainen and more importantly, Home of the seventh seventh busiest airport in Canada, Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, so the whole Winnipeg without an airport thing is some Twitter meme, like some hockey Twitter thing, where like someone once said that I don't even know the I don't even know where it came from. I just know that people say that Winnipeg doesn't have an airport. So it was a meme. It's a meme the entire time. <laughs> what's what's the what is the Winnipeg of of England? All of England. I don't know. Uh, I can't. It's just like, oh, know. fuck. I can't believe I got here. How do you even get here? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Bath. <laughs> bath is great, though. Bath is gorgeous. Bath is I've like, been, to, I've been yeah. to Bath. Bath's gorgeous. Speaking of Bath, did you guys see the clip? Adrian, you sent the clip to the uh, the soccer group chat of the Bath. The Bath. Uh, was it the Bath guy who took a, he took a shot from like his own end? And the goalie like sarcastically dove. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then five minutes later, like he blasted a free kick in. Yeah, I oh, was so was disappointed <laughs> he didn't like dive as a celebration. I was like, man, you should have just like dove. It was primed for it. I love, I love when people get their payback against goalkeepers. Yeah. Even though being a goalkeeper is so thankless, anytime a goalkeeper thinks they can be cocky, I like when people I get know. one back at him. When you're playing keeper, it's so tempting to like when you make a save or someone misses or whatever, it's so tempting to like show them up or something. But then you just know that like three minutes later, they're going to snipe one on you and then you look like an idiot. So anytime someone just like tries to be a hero and shoot from like far out and it goes wide, you just got to kind of be like, you know, roll your eyes a bit, go get the ball, get tired, place it down, take a shitty goal kick, <laughs> keep the so game going. <laughs> so I, what you're saying is at our level, there actually is a strategy to it. You can tire the keeper by just making him run. Oh to yeah. Retrieve the ball. Oh yeah. I don't know why our team doesn't do that more. That's what they say. That's why they say, that's why all coaches say, just put it on net, test the keeper. What they're really trying to say is shoot as wide as possible. Make the keeper run and get the ball over and over again. And then he's too tired to dive or come out to challenge or do any of the keeper stuff. I remember Conlon telling me about this um, this goalkeeper training routine he had in high school where it would be all of the outfield players split up in half, a goalkeeper on each side, and each of the outfield players would line up and the coach would pass in a ball in the box, not three feet away from the goalkeeper, and the players would just run in and blast it at the keeper. <laughs> 
And I'm like, what in the world are you trying to train? Like beyond cat-like reflexes. <laughs> just, just try to build fear of any ball that comes within three feet of you. And this is why Vermont doesn't have any famous soccer stars coming out of there. It's like, oh, well, he can't save a like 80 mile per hour ball at three feet. He's never going to make it. Yeah, I actually had a similar thing when I was playing indoor soccer. My team was like playing in a gym just to practice. And we were doing some shots on goal, like, you know, pass in, take a shot. And our backup keeper was this guy who had never really played soccer before, but he, he played hockey goalie. So one-on-one, he was like, I got to get close and I got to get like low so I can like move. <laughs> And you cut off the angle. Yeah. He's like trying to like cut off the angle and like go low. Cause it's not a very high net. And me being me, I was like, well, I'm just going to try and hit the corner as hard as I can. <laughs> so I just like put my foot through it and he was going low and coming in. So the ball just went poof and smoked him right in the face. <laughs> we had to like stop practice. Oh shit. <laughs> Cause I just like, knocked him over murdered your own keeper (laughs) didn't that happen to um like your guys' soccer team when dave johnston was in goal for you once and like credit to dave johnston dave johnston doesn't play soccer but he's like he was a very high level hockey goalie like played at the highest junior level you could in canada um and he played from what I saw, he was a great keeper for you guys. He wouldn't really catch any balls, but he fearless getting in front of balls to the point like one time, yeah, he got smashed in the face from close range really bad. And everyone's stopped. The referee oh. stopped the play. Is he okay? Is he okay? And Dave gets up and he's like, ah, it's not the first time I've taken balls to the face. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Do you guys want to do rapid fire? Why not? Do we all have one? We better. Well, I do. You got to come start? up with one if you don't. Yeah, you start. Uh, this isn't even really news, um, but this is exciting for me because I always talk about Canadian men's soccer uh, on this on this little show we got here. But we always talk about PSG in the French League and League. Uh, but three points clear with just six matches to go in their season in the schedule. Lille is first in Ligue 1, led by Jonathan David, who has 10 goals. Um, and who's that Turkish guy? That super old Turkish guy. Barack Yilmaz? Barack Yilmaz also has two go- 10 goals on the season. And the last time, the, also the reason why this is interesting to me, is the last time Lille were this good, and if they finished first, was 2010 or 2011 when Eden Azar was on the team. And Eden Azar was maybe seven or seven or eight goals on the season, four or five assists, but the next season he just exploded. Like had 25 goals, 15 assists uh, in Liga, and then found his way to Chelsea. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's all cyclical. Maybe Jonathan David is the next Eden Azar, and Jose Font is playing Joe Cole to <laughs> to Crystal Palace and Chelsea. Oh. Joe Cole is going to get uh, Jonathan David. Where was jo- uh, Jose? Jose Font was at Crystal Palace, right? I think so. Yeah. So Jonathan David in red and blue and yellow with an eagle adorned across his chest come on after they win the league this season (laughs) hey i mean i would not say no to that i'll also say uh just just now side note now that i think about it i'm looking at adrian in the eyes um (laughs) 
Hi. That Lille team also had, I think, Johan Kabai and Machu Debushi. Yeah, yeah. On their oh, team. Oh my god. I I just remember when I was looking back on when I was looking back on it way back when I was like, this this team really found its way across the world. Like that's that's a successful team. Yeah, and they, they were all some like very good players in the Prem. Like Kabai was was really class. It's a shame that like Newcastle couldn't keep him for longer and like build more of a team around him. Cause then he went to, I think PSG and then he found his way to crystal palace uh, where he was still pretty good. Speaking of Newcastle, I'll take my spot with the quick fire round just because I saw an article on the BBC immediately after Newcastle beat Burnley two one saying, has Bruce stopped the rot at Newcastle and reading the article. I just swear this guy has been like, sitting on this article <laughs> waiting for Newcastle to win. It wasn't as bad as like the clickbaity title because in the end he is saying like he does acknowledge that there are deep structural problems with the club and with the ownership in particular as like a little end note. But also like I think Bruce is just he, he doesn't have anything more to give the club and he just keeps talking about experience. And it, so it's really annoying to see these articles in response to like the one win that we've had in I think 11 games but you know fair play I think in the last like five or six we've picked up seven points which is pretty big (laughs) sadly in fairness we were joking just a couple weeks ago we were like nine games left can Newcastle pick up two points yeah (laughs) we were like we were joking but kind of half serious and you know here we are seven points I mean, also, it's like, has he stopped the rot? No. Said Maximan and Wilson are fit. That's what happened. First of all, it's glad it's it's great to be back with you guys. I was doing uh, some other sports over the past few weeks, notably some baseball, little Toronto Blue Jays action, uh, some hockey. I was managed. Uh, I'm actually the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, as was revealed on a few podcasts ago. If you weren't listening, you should have been. Uh, so it's tough juggling, uh, all these responsibilities, but you know, we're getting it done. Um, anyway, because I've been following, uh, other sports a lot more than soccer recently, it's NHL trade deadline day today. And I was watching the coverage earlier and the network that I was watching did a little segment where they, they put up a graphic showing what NHL players would be worth if, uh, the NHL and North American sports had a transfer market similar to world football. And the, the most expensive player in the world, according to transfermarket.com, is Kylian Mbappe, who's worth 188 million pounds around there. And this network uh, on their graphic had Connor McDavid, who is unquestionably the best player in the NHL, at $200 million. So uh, I just kind of thought that was uh, a bit rich. Um, I understand, you know, we're in Canada, we're Canadian, this is our sport, but like, let's be real. Uh, what team, there's no hockey PSG. There's no hockey man city. There's a salary cap. Uh, hockey is a team sport. If I was building my own club, uh, which is something we may or may not be talking about coming up. Uh, I don't know if I'd be spending 200 million on one player, regardless of how, of how good that player is anyway. Yeah. So that was my, that was my quick fire. Uh, I just, uh, and then they, they went down the list and like, there was like the 10th best was a hundred million for a defenseman. And I'm like, nah, that's not it. Was it Matthew, the Filipino wrecking machine Dumba? 
<laughs> no, it was he wasn't even on he wasn't in the top. He wasn't in the top. It was Victor Hedman, uh, another of uh UC Askeline and the Swedish compatriots. Uh <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would say he's the Lindelof of the uh exactly of the NHL. So it's it's you know, to have a global transfer market, you need, you know, the global competition in order to raise the prices. So if you're just one league, if you're one if you're one league with a level that high, uh because in hockey, even the highest paid player in Russia is making like $4 million or something like that. So there's no competition. Anyway, I just thought that was kind of weird. I thought it was a strange segment. I understand they're on air for 10 hours and they have to fill time. So good for them. But anyways, that's my rapid fire. Yeah, it's not like the Quebec Nordiques are going to come in and, and spend that kind of money on a player, right? Exactly. There's no chance. It does call for like there's there's an interesting conversation behind that though um, that we'll probably get to another day but like you know maybe not particularly in hockey but probably basketball is the closest comparison you can make to soccer and like it calls for um, an open market transfer system between countries just because basketball obviously not to the level of soccer but out of its you know 500 players um, one fifth just more than one fifth of those players are international and they come from abroad and they sign for uh, amounts just to scale of what is allowed by the salary cap rules Luka Doncic is an MVP level player but he's on five million dollars a year just just by nature of having to go through the draft could you imagine if someone at 19 years old and is projecting stats equivalent to LeBron James like if a 19 year old was putting numbers similar to Cristiano Ronaldo in his prime. That that kid is being sold for a shocking amount of money, and money's being passed between a number of hands, not not just including his own and his agents. Um, so yeah, it's just a way of limiting the market. So all the so now that they do have the power, they can keep all the best players there. But is it is interesting if uh, if competition were widened like that in in a lot of different sports. Yeah, it's funny that you say if a 19-year-old was putting up numbers like Cristiano Ronaldo in his prime, because we have a 20-year-old, <laughs> Holland, putting up numbers like him in his prime. Like he's just destroying the Champions League. And you see that he's supposed to not go for less than $150 million. You got to basically bribe his father and <laughs> Rayola with like $10, 20000000 million each. I mean, we could talk about that all day because it, it just gets crazy. And as people who may or may not own a club one day, uh, you know, we, we've teased that segment twice now. Should we just like get into it? Yeah, we should probably just talk about this. Yeah, stop tickling me. I don't know if you guys saw this. I'm guessing you all did because uh, we're talking about it. So apparently, I, I, I forget where exactly this started, but some 20-year-old bought a club or something. And we were talking about this in our group chat. And one of the guys mentioned that the club was cheaper than a house in Toronto which is where we all live, uh, represent. Uh, Hotspot postal code. Let's go. Anyway. Who's got that 416 number? (laughs) But anyway, so we decided like maybe we would talk about, you know, if we owned a club, if we were one day, all three of us, four of us, five of us, however many are on the podcast, we never know. Uh, If we all pooled our savings, uh, our, our RRSPs, our TFSAs, if we withdrew all our money from the stock market, if we sold all of our assets, and pooled everything we owned, and we could buy a club, what would we do with it? What, what would be the first thing you would do? Well, I mean, if I'm, if I'm withdrawing all of my money invested in stocks, the first thing I think I'm going to have to do is, unfortunately, pay 50% back of my capital gains back in taxes. 
so so my value so my value going into purchasing a team's uh, going to be much lower than I even think. I don't know, Adrian. You you and I play a ton of FIFA Manager mode. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. You, <laughs> we play an embarrassing amount of FIFA Manager mode. What's the first thing you do? How do you pick a team? Well, I pick a team based on a variety of factors. Uh, lately, I've been like trying to start in different parts of the world. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, last time I was like, Emmanuel Kant was from, you know, modern day Kaliningrad. What Polish team is closest to Kaliningrad? And I was like, well, Gdansk used to be in Russia. And then it was pointed out to me that I should have been Schopenhauer. Sorry, I know this is like how I heard hockey. So then, I, <laughs> so then I was told I should be Schopenhauer because he's actually from Gdansk. But then I would just be berating all the players because Schopenhauer was a dick. He pushed an old lady down the stairs. And he was like, his, basically, his philosophy was basically like, uh, life is shit and miserable and go fuck yourself. Anyway, I'm sorry. We can cut that out or we can leave it in because our whole thing is that I'm an asshole <laughs> brings up dumb references. Point is, Hope, I look at how old the players are because I want guys who are going to get better and i want to find who i'm going to build the team around that's the first thing i do i do that a lot too but like sometimes it gets a little bit old because just in fifa in particular it is very easy to find good players (laughs) like you just you just tell a random scout hey go scout guinea Bissau for nine months (laughs) And I'll, and for some reason they already know that he's going to be a world beater or not. Yeah. Um. And you know, in real life, let's be honest. Some of the some of the way people value these players and their potentials and how they turn out, maybe they're just playing FIFA. <laughs> that's how they're deciding yeah, how players true. need to be bought. I pick a team based on how fun their name might be. If there's any interesting players on that team, I remember a long time ago, um, I had a Millwall. I had a Millwall manager mode. And I'm like thinking, oh, what what team would would I want to manage? That would be that would be fun to manage and would have like a nice presence if I got them up to the Premier League. I'm like, well, I saw Green Street Hooligans when I was like 12 years old. Wouldn't it be fun if Millwall found their back, way back to to uh, the Premier League and faced off with West Ham United in in the FA Cup final? Blah blah blah. And it is super fun to like get the young players, but also to just like make these old ass players outperform them their entire mm-hmm. careers. Like I think there was this Scottish striker, Andy Keogh. I'm like, this guy's going to get 35 goals a game <laughs> <laughs> or a game a season. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, how people even pick what teams they want to buy or what teams they want to go forward to in real life on actually in real life. If you're a billionaire, you're just seeing where their profit. I mean, Ken Bates bought Chelsea back in the eighties, Famously for one pound. Um, I don't even know what that even means or how that can even be done. But, you know, he's also the guy that thought that Stanford Bridge needed electric fences around their fans. <laughs> so, so in terms of picking, in terms of picking uh, a club that you want to buy or support or move forward with um, as an owner, wherever the money's at, baby, wherever the fans are craziest. But what I'm hearing is our first step as a potential ownership group is to find a club that is for sale for $1. That's our first goal strategy. When I pick a team in FIFA, I I definitely like a challenge, which is why I usually go with like League One or League Two, because I like doing going through the whole promotion, 
you know, building a young squad, reworking everything. But I think the first thing I would do if I bought a club, if I had one dollar to spare, or in the case of Wigan, four million pounds, something like that, I'd probably try and find my own Ted Lasso. I think that's what I would do. I would, <laughs> I would, uh, I think it, you know, it starts, you have to, when you buy a club, you know, you need, the club starts with the heart and soul, which is the manager. And uh, I think to have someone like that at the helm, uh, no matter who the players are, no matter how good, how bad, how long the project is, uh, I, someone like that with, with Ted Lasso's character would be perfect uh, to lead the club that I would own from the ground up. Yeah, that's that's the first thing I would do. I would definitely try and find my own Ted Lasso. I'm not sure if you boys are familiar with the uh, Corinthian team, Corinthians team in Brazil of the late 70s and early 80s. But just jumping off Nick's point for management, I think we should go with the style of management from uh, Corinthians of that period because uh, they were democratically run. <laughs> all the players, all the trainers, everyone had a vote. So I was just like listening about it today because I knew I wanted to talk about it. There's a really funny like show available on YouTube because it's Cantona talking about like football rebels. And it's like, Cantona, you just like kicked a Crystal Palace fan in the face. Like Socrates, like the captain of the team was like the most fucking interesting player of all time. Like he was really good. He was a doctor. He was oh. a full on medical doctor. And he was like a big... Um, democracy activists so they were like fuck it let's make this team a democracy let's vote if we're gonna pull over the bus for a pee break let's uh <laughs> this guy is in love he wants to go home he doesn't want to play this away game like let's vote and uh they made him stay <laughs> and that is the most democratic system in brazil <laughs> to this date <laughs> yeah so i was like man screw it if we're if we're operating like a salvard city wrexham level club here let's just like screw it let's run it as a democracy I mean, at the very least, you save wages on an employee. <laughs> we'll have a club senate. Have to pass bills. Even though we don't really see it on like the non-top four, top six clubs, like most clubs have billionaire owners. Yeah. Um, but I just remember years ago when Cardiff was promoted um, from the championship to to the Premier League. Uh, Craig Bellamy was back on the squad and it was such a, such a fun little story. Uh, but they changed their colors. They changed their colors from blue to red. And there is a fantastic chant by the opposing fans every season, every match where they would just chant, where were you when you were blue? Because they wore blue, they changed to red. And, you know, once in a while, Cardiff would have a nice response saying if they're playing a bad team, you know, well, where were you when you were shit? Uh, <laughs> So I don't know. How do you guys feel about um, when new ownership comes in and you feel like they're changing the identity of what a team used to be? Now, granted, I don't know much about Cardiff's identity. To me, superficially, who gives a fuck what color shirt you're wearing? Um, but for some people, that really matters. Like, what if Newcastle wore green? Well, I mean, I would hate it. Unless it was the way kit, in which case, like, I don't care. But I mean, another good example of that would be uh, Hull City, where the owner wanted to call them Hull Tigers. And it was the same thing where it's uh, an owner who just wants to make it more marketable overseas. And they think because they also wanted to emphasize like dragons because Cardiff are the bluebirds. And so he wanted to be like, no, let's be dragons because it's like a Welsh thing. So he did put like five minutes of thought into this. But the fans are very upset. I would be upset if like Newcastle change their badge or wore a different 
like I, I like the stripes. My dad was like furious when Sunderland had really thin red stripes. He was like, this looks awful. And then we were, <laughs> me and Richard were like, calm down. Like, and he's like, no, it's not, it's not the right, like, it's not Sunderland. And we were like, oh man, yeah. But I'd probably feel the same way. And I mean, you do see it at Newcastle. Like you had St. James's Park. It says Newcastle United on the, the shorter stand. And they change it to like at Sports Direct. And everyone's like, no, Mr. Ashley, this, this we will not abide. So yeah, I think it does matter to me. I think a big appeal to me in soccer is like the history. And that's something we should consider if we're taking over a team from whatever the you know, Winnipeg analog of the UK is. I 100% agree with you there, Adrian. Like one of the things of soccer that is really appealing is is the history. And you mentioned if someone bought Newcastle and changed the badge, uh, how ridiculous. And I, I feel like this is happening a lot to teams, especially in Italy. I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, Inter Milan recently changed their badge. And what they're what what these new owners and what they're doing are they're just taking the identity, they're taking the history, they're taking the the nuance and the uniqueness out of it and just making it just a generic logo. And and I don't want to see that happen if we buy a team. I, I if I want to keep everything how it is. We can modernize the stadium a bit, but it still has to kind of be shit. It still has to kind of be crappy. Like we can't make like I don't want none of these like characterless circles that that they're building that are popping up all over the place. I don't know. There's gotta be, there's gotta be like plants and shrubs and Ivy on the walls and bricks from the 1840s and like seats that you can't fit in. Cause that's the charm, right? That's what makes it exciting. Let's put the dog track back in at Stamford bridge. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. I want there to be a running track. I want it to be like in someone's backyard. It has to be in a neighborhood. You know, I'm not, none of this like dedicated stadium space. Because that's what makes stuff the best. That's the best if it's a baseball stadium. It's the best if it's a soccer field, an arena, what have you. It's the tradition and the, the former identity that makes it. Unless you've, you've gone through such a period of just being awful. and But I've never really seen that where like you just want to erase it from your history. Because it's still part of the club's identity, right? If we bought Newcastle, I'd be like, God... Uh... I can't be responsible for this. This is not a failure. <laughs> this is going to be my fault. <laughs> I'm just the kit man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, but here we go. Here, do you want to buy a historic old club? Do you want to buy like a club that's been amateur for 150 years? It's just turned pro. It's like it's Sheffield Thursday, and <laughs> and or do you want to bring a? Uh, a new club to maybe an, un, a community that ha- doesn't have one, or, you know, I was thinking maybe, maybe the Winnipeg of, of Britain is Middlesbrough. I don't know. Maybe you just hate Middlesbrough. <laughs> I don't hate Winnipeg, <laughs> but it's like a major city, but like, is it? Yeah. Is it though? <laughs> right. So it's, that's, it's kind of like Winnipeg. Um, or I don't know. You just bring it somewhere where they don't have any play, like half the population will be the the team's players and staff because it's that small and we're going to build it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what would you prefer? You want to build up a club in, somewhere it's never existed from the ground, from the very earth, or do you want to develop what's there? I want to tear you- down your history. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to think- combine the two. You want to destroy something old. And, make something- <laughs> and then build it. And we'd have to be like the Cougars. Like... 
or the Whittinghamshire Cougars, like something just really generic that isn't really tied to the. I think, I think it'd be good to have like a CPL team or something, like in a brand new league, in a brand new city that maybe didn't have a team before. But if I did a CPL team, I would call it like the city's name. Like I would go like Welland FC or Stony Creek FC. Particularly, particularly in Canada or like yeah. outside of Europe or any soccer mad country, really, it's hard to pick a space for a soccer club because yeah. no one's going to watch. But let's try. I like this idea. Let's just finish the conversation talking about like the CPL. So we have Welland. That's one of the places we might bring this franchise to. Where else can we go? Trois-Rivières. Yeah. Okay. Um, we gotta pick one for each for each province. Yeah, if we if we go Quebec, then we can just like be really aggressive about French language rights, and we'll get oh, yeah. well, people will watch. Exactly. What is there's um is it an island? There's an island Manitoulin. No, no. There's isn't there an island off Quebec that is still a state of France, and like they have like a population of twelve hundred, possibly less. Yeah, you have to take a boat over. You need to show your like. You need to show your passport and everything. Um, really? They still use the euro. <laughs> what are they called? That's I, gotta, where I would bring yeah. my team. We got yeah. we got to put a team there, but we, but we got to get into the French football pyramid so we could ascend up to League One, and then we exactly <laughs> we have PSG coming over to Quebec <laughs> to play their. <laughs> to like play what their, an, what their, an advantage <laughs> that is! Is like forcing these league on teams to fly eight hours i really like this idea I do. guys this is good we need to find um, that island i'm googling this now french island quebec <laughs> saint pierre michelon really yes see that's that's one thing though is if uh if we do base in quebec or this like independent french state out just on the saint lawrence river or wherever it is I'm not going to be able to talk because that's just bad branding. <laughs> yeah, okay. need... I, can speak, I can speak French. Nick can speak French? Oui, je peux parler français et je peux comprendre. Omelette du fromage. <laughs> but I'm just going to say facts about uh, Saint-Pierre and Michel. They have an estimated population of 6,000 because a census hasn't occurred since 2016. <laughs> Their total GDP is also estimated in 2004 was 161 million euros and their unofficial currency is the canadian dollar <laughs> so they take the canadian dollar but yeah, they don't fair. really want to i want to if we're going to be a north american team i i want a stupid name i don't want to just name it after the island we'd be the saint pierre saint pierre's <laughs> you don't like S- you don't like spm fc fc spm Okay, that's that's all right because it's a long thing, but it's also we also got to have something like uh, like the Voyageurs or something. Well, I think yeah. Or the uh, yeah. Okay, we don't have to name it that, but we can call our firm like La Grande Armée. Mm. <laughs> nice. And then and then have someone dressed as Napoleon come to all the games. <laughs> I like that. Can I describe to you there the CPR and Michelon? coat of arms for maybe some inspiration for you guys so the crest is a naval crown emblazoned in azure sailing in the sea proper a carrick or on a chief guise a pale ermine i don't know what these words are <laughs> between <laughs> in dexter <laughs> i'm just gonna stop reading because these are just <laughs> words beside each other a carrick is a, a big ship i know that so that's our first manager 
Yeah, that's Michael Carrick. Manager. What a what a big get that would be. <laughs> he should still play. My God, he's yeah, player he manager. could be a player manager. Serious, he he's majority, he's sixty. Isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. Um, that's a pretty hard crap coat of arms. I'm not gonna lie. I like it. Wow. Yeah that that slaps. Ooh, it's a lot right? of detail. Like that's tough. Seriously. What this is, is an the... island near Quebec? Yeah, you can. We can go there this summer, guys. <laughs> well, we have to if we're going to scout a, our stadium location. So, what is the what is the Latin on the bottom mean? One word is C, right? But what is is lo, lo, labor just work? Is that work? Probably. We work the C to work yeah. the C. Yeah, that sounds maybe possible. So the right? C, the C workers. <laughs> Um, oh, it, huh. I like it. <laughs> I like it. That's the dumbest name I've ever heard. We're the sea workers. <laughs> okay. Where'd like, you get so, that? Our coat of arms. So it means uh, to work by the sea. Um, there you I, go. The well sea done, well workers. Done. We're the sea so, workers. So the, the sea, sea workers. workers. In fairness, guys, Atletico Madrid is Los Coltroneros, which means the mattressers. <laughs> uh, there we have yeah. the potters. Yeah, we have, uh, because like, I have to assume Stoke is our massive Harry Potter fans. Uh, <laughs> the Everton are the Toffees because they like candy. The Hammers, <laughs> like that's not even. I mean, I get it, but like, it has nothing to do with with it has nothing to do with like with a hammer. It has doesn't it have it's because it's ha- ham. Like it doesn't even make sense. See, I know they have why- hammers on their logo, but. This is why we could never build up a club that already exists because we're already showing our disrespect <laughs> for the history of the these teams. Like, yeah, Everton are probably the Toffees because Toffee was a great source of income during hard times or something <laughs> like that. I wouldn't be surprised at all. They probably like this did something noble here. with it. Like they sent a ship worth of Toffee over to Ireland in the Irish <laughs> potato famine. <laughs> and you're disgracing the the poor dead souls of right. so that, starved Irish when, children. When the Danes came to port in, in, at Liverpool, they poured pots of boiling toffee toward them. <laughs> we, so we, so we fended we're... off Ivor the Boneless with not but candied sugar. <laughs> Little did hugging. they know they could just lick their way out. What's it? What, what would you say? How would you say it in French, uh, Nick? Les, well, how would I say what? Sea workers? Yeah. Uh, les travailleurs du, du, de la mer. Nice. Probably. That's great. I love it. Damn. That's sexy. Yeah. So Sea Workers FC. So send us, uh, contact us. You can reach us on Instagram or uh, <laughs> by email or just leave a comment on the podcast if you want to try out. You can find uh, us on Podbean, on Spotify. It's, pure, <laughs> it's purely by democracy. So if you want to start, if you want to start in the game, you're going to have to, you know, do some favors for some people. It's going to be like the first season of House of Cards. We will be holding open tryouts at Dufferin Grove Park as soon as the latest stay at home order has been lifted and we could go out and use that net that I bought for 25 bucks, which you can now write off. Great. Welcome back to soccer group chat. We're going to jump into our random predictions, Nick, since you've been away, I themed the predictions after you. This is something I thought you would enjoy. The theme this week is Monster Island. <laughs> the thing about and Monster Island is that it's actually a peninsula. <laughs> exactly. So every, at least one team 
team in every matchup is from a peninsula, <laughs> based on a peninsula. <laughs> um, anyone who doesn't know, that's just a, a joke from The Simpsons. Simpsons. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I love that. Uh, so our first game is not actually taking place on a peninsula. It's in Georgia, but the team from Fort Lauderdale are going to have to travel up the 11th largest peninsula in the world. That's right. They're coming from Florida. Who do you think? You think these uh, peach growers are going to win or do you think the orange growers will be the sweet alternative? <laughs> What are, okay, what are the teams? Uh, Tormenta. <laughs> I should mention that. They're from Statesboro, Georgia. This is USL League One. So Ooh. it's like MLS, USL Championship, USL League One. And then we have Fort Lauderdale, which is actually Inter-Miami's uh, reserve team. Wait, the USL has, has promotion relegation? I don't, apparently, or maybe not, but... They do have different tiers. Interesting. Uh, so, Hope, what do you think? I, uh, I'll rephrase it. Um, which sweet, fleshy fruit would you like to bite into? Are you going to go stone fruit, or are you going to peel yourself some citrus? <laughs> are you going to go... You know, both of these are named after colors, peaches and oranges, but orange is definitely more dominant in that, in that sense. Are they going to be more dominant on the pitch? Um, are the oranges from Fort Lauderdale? Well, they're not called the oranges, but <laughs> Fort Lauderdale, but they grow oranges in Florida and they grow, right. grow peaches in Georgia. So it's Tormenta, who I'm calling peaches, and oranges, who are Fort Lauderdale. Uh, you know what? I... I have to go with the Fort Lauderdale uh, side. Um, two one, uh, not because I dislike peaches, because uh, everyone likes a sweet Georgia peach, but everyone knows the finest peaches in the world come from Winona, Ontario, in our very own Canada. I've Home been of listening. The peach Festival. I've been listening to the song "Peaches" by Justin Bieber. Uh, over the last little bit because it slaps so i'm gonna go with the peach team i still don't know what the names of the teams are but that's okay i'm taking the peach team and they're gonna win three no oh shit uh okay so we got tormenta beating fort lauderdale three nil very dominant display uh and we got our CanCon in by mentioning justin bieber and also <laughs> a peach festival which is much the winona better. peach festival the same breath home, home to fruit and booty do you think justin bieber ever played that festival when he was like coming up I no wonder. but we do have a bon jovi impressionist every year <laughs> we this is yeah, is it, did you organize it no my family lives in winona oh there oh, you go stony creek great. winona right on the border wow. uh, i'm gonna go with a uh, richard scoreline i think the inter miami reserve squad will uh go up to statesboro and uh Take no prisoners. Is that like the the inner Miami U23s with like Nanny is rehabbing an injury and he's just going to go and terrorize these poor Greensboro, Georgia players? Anyway, oh, sorry. 
It's, There's uh, no way Nani goes. It's a uh, train. <laughs> State, Statesboro. 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 Yeah. So now we have to apologize to the people of both Statesboro and Greenboro and Finland <laughs> and Winnipeg. Uh, wow. We're making a see. lot of enemies. Yeah. We might have to uh, make some different enemies. Yeah. Let's make some friends. Good, good point. Uh, we're moving to the 10th largest peninsula in the world. Over uh, 20,000 square miles larger than Florida is the Korean Peninsula. And we've got Buchan 1995 versus Ansan Greeners. So what do you think? Are the millennials or the groundskeepers going to win? Those are my personal nicknames for them. I was going to say that I I don't want to support this millennial team, but we are millennials, aren't we? (laughs) Uh, So Buchan is beating those damn Greeners. One nil. Uh, this is a bit of a personal prediction for me. I got to shout out my roommate, Mel, who is the biggest BTS fan uh, out that I know. Uh, and she will absolutely love that I am broadcasting that to the world and to all of our listeners. I don't know what this has to do with the prediction because both teams are Korean. To show now his ladies. So is, so is BTS, who <laughs> is Mel's favorite musical group. So we're going to go with the 1995 team because I think that's the year that all the members of BTS were born, maybe. And in case you guys didn't know, Mel, my roommate, loves BTS. Uh, so the 1995ers are going to take this one 2-1. I, I don't know if you're saying this because Mel um, maybe is not open or proud about her love of BTS, but I mean, they're a very, very popular group. They I like BTS, have... shamelessly. They okay. have some bangers. Well then, she should she should. Uh, I know that's what take I was after saying. you and and in taking after with you, um, there's a an Italian guy who I don't remember who it was, but he famously said the perfect game of football would finish nil nil, and so to combine your Italianness and the Koreanness of this game, we're gonna say it's nil uh, nil, right? That that didn't quite track, but <laughs> I think Nick kind of knows what I meant. I do. You can be proud of your love of BTS and this perfect game of football, which according to some Italian guy, I can't remember the name of, will end nil-nil. Exactly. All right. Um, let's go to a much more modestly sized peninsula. Um, um, I'm going to call it Jutland. I don't know if it's actually pronounced Yiland, uh, but Jutland is uh, obviously split between the Danes and the Germans. We're going to be on the German side. We've got probably the coolest team in the world, St. Pauli. Do you guys know about St. Pauli? They're just like basically a bunch of, they they were from like the red light district of Hamburg. And now they just have like skulls and the team as like their logo. And they're like all fucking pirate themed. And they walk out to hell's bells by (laughs) ACDC. They're fucking great. That's amazing. The Orlando Pirates of Germany. (laughs) But a bunch of fucking German Marxists. (laughs) Uh, And they're going to play the Würzburger Kickers. Possibly the least cool (laughs) team. I don't know anything about them, but they're called the Kickers. Well, let me tell you something. St. Pauli sounds pretty cool. Um, But the Würzburger Kickers are also home to NBA legend. Dirk Nowitzki. So they're so good at football, they developed an all-time basketball player. Um, from that knowledge alone, St. Pauli's got to win, right? 2-0 for St. Pauli. 
I got to go with Dirk. Uh, one of the most, uh, one of the, one of, I don't know where he ranks the NBA echelon. It doesn't really matter, but I'm going to take Dirk and his one-legged fadeaway jumper uh, nine times out of 10. Uh, and in this case, that team, the Wurt, what is it? Wurtzberger kickers. Yeah. You said nine, 10 for the Wurtzberger kickers. I'm saying four, one. Okay. Four, one. Wow. A big scoreline. If you're <laughs> right, then I'm going to start getting suspicious because, because Nick is still in the lead. He's got a 10 point lead on, on, on me. And then he's got a 12 point lead on Hopi and Conlon. Uh, so if it's four, one, let's move on to the eighth eighth biggest peninsula in the world, which is the Balkan Peninsula. But we're not going to stop at the Balkans. We're going to go to the Greek Peninsula, but we're going to go even farther to the Peloponnese. And we are going to land on the biggest city in the Peloponnese. Uh, I forget their name, but they have a team called Panachaiki, and they're playing Ergotelis. So is this going to be a, a Peloponnesian war uh, where the... Um, you know, the the city state from the Peloponnese is ultimately victorious in a long war of attrition against the other <laughs> Greek team. <laughs> I don't know that much about the Peloponnesian War. I was hoping for you to give me something to work off of there for a joke, but <laughs> um, no, I don't know anything about either of these teams either. So. Well, it I is think Greek that calls League Two, so I should have mentioned that. I Greek, haven't been mentioned. Greek second. League Two, the mm-hmm. second, a two. If anything, that means two goals each, two two draw. Yeah, one one. <laughs> Interesting. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. I don't uh, even remember the names of the teams. I don't know anything about this Peloponnesian War. Panachaiki. And Ergotelis. I'm just picturing Adrian with his like list of the world's largest peninsulas like in front of him. <laughs> I got that shit memorized, man. To his wall. Give me a number. 74. I only have up to 15 memorized. <laughs> 14. 14? The lower peninsula of Michigan. <laughs> Isn't that a university? No, it's a peninsula. <laughs> Go with the program, man. Oh my! Uh, pan it means uh, all. They're going to get all the goals in this one. It's going to be two 0 Next, uh, the the Malay Peninsula. It's a uh, Malaysian League. Malacca United versus Selangor. Oh well, Malacca sounds strong. Shout out to my Malays out there. Um, but that's a draw to me. One one. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I will be accepting no slang or slander at this time because they're going to win 2 0. Oh, Selangor with some Selang goals. Selang high on Selangor. Uh, anyone who plays uh, the Paradox Studios video game Univer- Europa Universalis 4 knows how important the Straits of Malacca are. My God, if you want trade from the, the Far East, you got to have those. Uh, so I'm going to say they're going to win 5-2. Uh, uh, <laughs> why not? I'm assuming. Yeah, why not? Um, next, uh, I had to write this one down because it's not on the top 15 largest peninsula. It is the, there's also a bunch of alternative pronunciations. Uh, Absaron Peninsula. 
which you may remember or know, but probably don't, is where Baku is. Mm -hmm. So Azerbaijan, we've got Neftsi versus Zira. Well, neither of those teams are Karabag, and that's the only team I know in Azerbaijan. Um, N comes before Z, so they're going to score before Z. 3-0 win for Neftki. Neftki? I don't know. I said Neftsi, but maybe it's Neftki. I know zero about any of these teams. That's why I'm taking Zira 1-0. One of the most popular toys as of a couple years ago was Bakugan, <laughs> where you have these little monsters that you roll at each other, and then if you roll over a magnet, like springs up into like this like robot creature. And uh, you battle them by like throwing them at each other. And there's lore. They have like special powers and stuff. 2-0 Neftsi. <laughs> I am looking forward to seeing Adrian's Bakugan collection. Yeah, they're oh, going to Bakugan. Too. They're Bakugan to win, win this game. God damn it. <laughs> okay, this one, I think we're going to have some opinions about, uh, especially depending on how you view the... Uh, Treaties of 1919. Uh, we have Dinamo Zagreb versus Istra 1961. Ooh. So this is the part of the uh, Istrian peninsula that was not taken by Italy in the uh, aforementioned treaties. Dinamo Zagreb will win 6 0. Yeah. Dinamo Zagreb's actually good. So, 5-0. Closest without going over. This ain't the prices, right? <laughs> oh, this is uh, Dead On or Only One Point. It's a great name for a show. Dead On or Only One Point? <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> we'll keep it in our back pocket. Uh, so, Dinamo Zagreb, they play in blue. Istra, I think, plays in green. Um Soon to be Newcastle, like <laughs> Soon to be Newcastle colors. The thing to remember is that uh, there are both blue and yellow green Bakugan. I think <laughs> it could really go either way, uh, but I think I'm going to go with you guys. I think Zagreb is is going to win because they're a team I know, uh, but I'll I'll say they're going to win four uh, one against Istra 1961. What do these toys do? <laughs> So it's like a little ball. It's a ball, like a pokeball. No, no, no. It's like okay. Imagine it. Um, imagine a um, a, a transformer. Oh. So, but like an animal, like a dragon or a lion or some, something like that, like some sort of fierce beast. Beast wars, but robotty. Uh, and instead of transforming down into like a cool car or a truck or, or a tank, some kind of vehicle, it's just like a sphere. <laughs> and, then you roll, and then you roll them. And then you and they when, just roll? Yeah, you roll them. But then when they roll over like power up magnet pads, they like shoot up and like then they're in their monster form. You throw them at each other. Um, they're, they can be pretty tough to actually get back into their spherical form, but uh, pretty fun. Whatever happened to the days of Yu-Gi-Oh cards? <laughs> okay, so we're going to move to the Friday game in the Prem. That is Everton, the Toffees versus Spurs. Everton's new stadium is, of course, going to be on like a dock. 
And what is a dock if not a tiny man-made peninsula? Speaking of dads, um, son. <laughs> speaking of dads, Mourinho said about yeah, son must have a really good dad um, because Ole is not a good dad because <laughs> yeah, Ole would... doesn't feed his son when he is naughty. It's a it's a vicious cycle too because if you're weak. You take a you take a, a very small blow to the face and you collapse. Yeah, hunger is only going to make that more likely to happen. So right? Ole, you don't have please. enough nutrients to heal fast enough. Exactly. And Ole's kids walking around with a shiner for the next yeah. week. Yeah, it's like Ole, um, you, you may have been born no on food. the seventh biggest peninsula in the world, but that doesn't mean you can just withhold food from your kid. Uh, so I mean, you know, with that inspiration alone, even though Everton will be pouring boiling toffee from their battlements um spurs are still going to win this match after their dreadful display last weekend uh spurs are going to win two nil oh man this is a tough one i think i I gotta go with everton i think i think the wheels are coming off spurs and kane is headed for the exit door Mourinho's headed for the exit door and Everton are trying to still get the Champions League spots, at least if Europa League, if not that. Uh, so we're going to go Everton 2-1. And I'm going to say 1-1. It just seems like that kind of game, like two you know, teams kind of competing at similar levels, neither really performing too well. It just seems like something that might end in a draw. Uh, next, we have... Wolves versus Sheffield. Sheffield is, of course, a tiny outcrop hanging on to the bottom of the Premier League, surrounded by the sea that is the Football League. Uh, they've already got one foot in the championship. Um, so what do we think? What's going to happen here? What a fucking turnaround by Sheffield though, in the past few years. Eh? <laughs> like my, they are horrible. Um, this has nothing to do with it, but I've recently been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla and I found a wolf friend. Um, and I named him Devolfka because it is, it is as absurd as I wanted it to be. <laughs> and wolves will win absurdly three. nil. I also named my wolf Devolfka. Amazing. Really? Yeah, you have like you have three options. Oh, and one of them is the Wolfka, which like is the best. What are the yeah, other Wolfka mouse and like bitey? Oh, so everyone's gonna take the Wolfka. I call the big one bitey. <laughs> I'm gonna say wolves two one, uh, just because they haven't been performing too well. They've had trouble scoring goals, but of course Sheffield's been having even more trouble. I think they will get one goal though, just because you know. They're just going to play to try and win a game. I don't know. They, they're just playing for pride now is my point. Uh, and then finally, we've got Chelsea versus Man City. This is the FA Cup semifinal. And the key here is, of course, uh, Pep Guardiola is from the Iberian Peninsula, the ninth largest peninsula in the world. <laughs> so there you go. There's the connection. Uh, what, do, what do you think, Hope? Recently, Chelsea have been getting fucked by City royally. Adrian had to look over his shoulder to make sure no one heard that F word. 
I have young cats here. You know, I saw a meme after Christian Pulisic scored two goals. It said, Christian Pulisic arriving on the back post. And it's that scene from The Simpsons where someone throws Ralph through the window at the <laughs> Simpsons home. And that's really the only way we score is just smashing balls into open space. And maybe John Stones might not get to it. <sighs> Semifinals, two legs? Uh, I think it's only one leg for the FA Cup. It's at Webley, right? It's at Webley. So yeah, it'll have to be. Chelsea are going to win 3-1. Do they have fans yet? Chelsea have plenty of fans since uh, Bromovich took over. Whoa! <laughs> I didn't even hear what that was. Uh, that's fine. It that's wasn't fine. that good. You'll hear when you uh, listen when you listen to the episode. I'm gonna go with City with Cité. Sorry, Hope. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, it's hard to bet against City. Uh, it's not something I'm gonna do when I bet on this game. Uh, I'm going to put money on Man City, and Man City is going to take this one. I think they're going to take it 2-1. I think it's going to be a good game, though. Chelsea's going to come uh, come to play, but City is just too too good. They're, and on course for the treble, and maybe this is the year. Hey, was that accent you were doing uh, Cartman, or was it Jamie Tart? Tartman. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Cité. Cite. Yeah, that's what they call them, Cite. Cite. I have been thinking about how I can try and catch up to Nick in these uh, predictions. And I had a bit of a feeling that Chelsea would do something here, but I thought maybe that's wishful thinking because I don't want Man City to win. But it's not the League Cup, which Man City always wins, so maybe there's a chance. But I'm going to play the odds here i'm gonna go with nick so if he gets points i get points i think though if city win it'll be through a a very controlled performance where they just edge out chelsea two no clearly you guys didn't see striker kai havertz this weekend that's a game changer i didn't actually he, no, he was actually excellent. He was actually excellent playing at striker. Well, he scored one goal, but he missed a few chances, I heard. so Maybe I'm just being forgiving because I've seen a certain other German miss a lot of chances this season. No, I did, I did hear he, he did really well. So that, that's good to see. You do want like talented players to, to do well. Yeah, I mean, heaven forbid Tammy Abraham got a game. but I did, I did see a stat where Havertz has the most shots per minute played in the Prems since Thomas Tuchel took over. So he's getting his opportunities. I mean, he's played like six matches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Stats. No, anyway. be, I actually think this FA Cup, FA Cup semifinal is going to be more interesting uh, than, than people are giving it credit for. Part of that's me being hopeful. Um, but like Chelsea, except for, you know, this weird, weird game against one from home, uh, have been pretty solid defensively. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Go Chelsea. We're going to win it boys. You know, just, it'd be great if Chelsea could just get a natural finisher, like, you know, uh, Dallas, someone like that. Or Olivier Giroud. If only he was, <laughs> if only he was able to get on the fish. Yeah. Jesse Lingard. Yeah, Jesse Lingard's been yeah, Lingardino. ridiculous. Lingardino. Yeah. 
have you guys seen the thing with Jesse Lingard when he's uh, doing the roommate thing on YouTube with Marcus Rashford? No. It's like some, like they have to like answer questions about each other. But one of the questions is like, what did Rashford talk to Neymar about when they were in the tunnel? I think during like maybe a, maybe England duty friendly oh, or. Yes. Yeah. And so he ends up talking about the weather and like, Lingard just has the biggest reaction where he's like, no, no, no. So I was just thinking of that. No, you no, guys, no. Do you guys think like, if you live in the same city as a player from a different team, like, could you live with that player? So like, could, could Harry Kane and Kai Havertz like be roommates? Cause they both play in London. Like, would you, would you do that ever? I don't think you would do that. I think it would be weird. They're just adults with millions of dollars. <laughs> Why in yeah, the world yeah, would you I don't know. I mean, unless like, they're oh, like, with your unless they're like, um, like friends. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Like, like Harry Kane and Kai Havertz, no, probably <laughs> yeah, not. Yeah, but like, example. if if Kai Havertz was like, if he did like a mid-season transfer, and like, I don't know, real estate's hard to find in London, probably <laughs> even if you're a millionaire. Yeah, and like, I guess not even a player, but like Michael Ballack's like, stay with me. I'm sure and, that's not actually that weird. Um, yeah, I mean, but, especially yeah. like a young player coming in. Yeah. But what if like, if like, I don't know. Yeah, I was just, I, I don't know. I just thought that because you bought us a roommates thing. And I was like, wait, Rashford and, and Link, but then I'm like England. But then I was like, wait a minute. Could like someone on West Ham and someone on Millwall be roommates? Could, like Declan Rice and Mason Mount live together. Exactly. They're, they're like besties. Or is but, that I mean, like tampering? I feel like, I feel like the club would look down on that. They'd be like. 100% be like don't do it and also like their wives yeah. like harry kane's <laughs> wife would be like why you've already said that like why the happiest you... moment of your life was getting like your third hat trick or something <laughs> now you're moving out now you're moving in with <laughs> to go live with kai havertz 21 year old kai havertz why it looks fishy here <laughs> yeah oh, kai they, t- they say kai pulls pretty hard so harry's just trying to get it <laughs> anyways Anyways, indeed, this has been Soccer Group Chat. Uh, like a peninsula, we're putting ourselves out there for you. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you find the best podcasts, or wherever Nick is, has put us. We're going to be in your ears. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>